How does denying oneself through fasting open the door to repentance? Today, we'll explore a fast that postponed judgment. This is Cherie. Welcome to Meditating the Word. It's day five of our 21-day fast. Let's read our foundational scripture for this series, Mark 9:29. Jesus said, This kind can only come out by prayer and fasting. This tells us that sometimes fasting is required. Today we're going to talk about fasting for repentance and true fasting. We'll look at an account of fasting in 1 Kings 21, and we'll also look at some biblical instructions for fasting in Isaiah 58. First, let's look at Ahab and Jezebel. You may remember the story of the vineyard that belonged to Naboth. King Ahab wanted his land for a vegetable garden because it was close to the palace. But Naboth was unwilling to part with the inheritance of his ancestors, and rightly so. King Ahab went home, went to bed, and refused to eat. His wife Jezebel asked him what was going on, and when Ahab told her about the vineyard, she decided to take matters in her own hands. She wrote letters in Ahab's name to the elders and nobles of Naboth's city, directing them to have him falsely accused and stoned to death, which they did. With Naboth dead, Ahab went to take possession of the vineyard. Let's start reading in 1 Kings 21, verse 17. Then the word of the Lord came to Elijah the Tishbite, Go down and meet Ahab, king of Israel, who rules in Samaria. He is now in Naboth's vineyard, where he is gone to take possession of it. Say to him, This is what the Lord says, Have you not murdered a man and seized his property? Then say to him, This is what the Lord says, In the place where dogs licked up Naboth's blood, dogs will lick up your blood, yes, yours. Ahab said to Elijah, So you have found me, my enemy. I have found you, he answered, because you have sold yourself to do evil in the eyes of the Lord. He says, I am going to bring disaster on you. I will wipe out your descendants and cut off from Ahab every last male in Israel, slave or free. I will make your house like that of Jeroboam, son of Nebat, and that of Baasha, son of Ahijah, because you have aroused my anger and have caused Israel to sin. And also concerning Jezebel, the Lord says, Dogs will devour Jezebel by the wall of Jezreel. Dogs will eat those belonging to Ahab who die in the city, and the birds will feed on those who die in the country. There was never anyone like Ahab who sold himself to do evil in the eyes of the Lord, urged on by Jezebel his wife. He behaved in the vilest manner by going after idols like the Amorites the Lord drove out before Israel. When Ahab heard these words, he tore his clothes, put on sackcloth, and fasted. He lay in sackcloth and went around meekly. Then the word of the Lord came to Elijah the Tishbite, Have you noticed how Ahab has humbled himself before me? 
Because he has humbled himself, I will not bring this disaster in his day, but I will bring it on his house in the days of his son. So judgment was delayed and didn't come upon Ahab because he repented through fasting and humbled himself before God. Scripture is clear that there are right ways to fast and wrong ways to fast. So today, we will also take a look at some instructional scriptures on true fasting from Isaiah 58. Shout it aloud. Do not hold back. Raise your voice like a trumpet. Declare to my people their rebellion and to the descendants of Jacob their sins. For day after day they seek me out. They seem eager to know my ways, as if they were a nation that does what is right and has not forsaken the commands of its God. They ask me for just decisions and seem eager for God to come near them. Why have we fasted, they say, and you have not seen it? Why have we humbled ourselves and you have not noticed? Yet, on the day of your fasting, you do as you please and exploit all your workers. Your fasting ends in quarreling and strife and in striking each other with wicked fists. You cannot fast as you do today and expect your voice to be heard on high. Is this the kind of fast I have chosen? Only a day for people to humble themselves? Is it only for bowing one's head like a reed? and for lying in sackcloth and ashes. Is that what you call a fast, a day acceptable to the Lord? Is not this the kind of fasting I have chosen, to loose the chains of injustice and untie the cords of the yoke, to set the oppressed free and break every yoke? Is it not to share your food with the hungry and to provide the poor wanderer with shelter, when you see the naked, to clothe them, and not to turn away from your own flesh and blood. Then your light will break forth like the dawn, and your healing will quickly appear. Then your righteousness will go before you, and the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. Then you will call, and the Lord will answer. You will cry for help, and he will say, Here am I. If you do away with the yoke of oppression and the pointing finger and malicious talk, and if you spend yourselves in behalf of the hungry and satisfy the needs of the oppressed, then your light will rise in the darkness and your night will become like the noonday. The Lord will guide you always. He will satisfy your needs in a sun-scorched land and will strengthen your frame. You will be like a well-watered garden, like a spring whose waters never fail. Your people will rebuild the ancient ruins and will raise up the age-old foundations. You will be called repairers of broken walls, restorer of streets with dwellings. If you keep your feet from breaking the Sabbath and from doing as you please on my holy day, if you call the Sabbath a delight and the Lord's holy day honorable, and if you honor it by not going your own way and not doing as you please or speaking idle words, 
Then you will find your joy in the Lord, and I will cause you to ride in triumph on the heights of the land and to feast on the inheritance of your father Jacob. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. I'll summarize the key points of true fasting from this chapter in Isaiah. Superficial fasting. The passage begins with a call to openly declare people's rebellion and sins. It criticizes those who practice ritual fasting while continuing in their sinful behaviors, suggesting that they seek God only superficially. False piety. It highlights the hypocrisy of fasting with selfish motives, pointing out that while the people fast, they continue to indulge in their own pleasures and exploit others. Their fasting leads to conflict and strife rather than genuine humility and repentance. True fasting. It then defines true fasting as not merely a ritual act of self-denial, but as an act of social justice and compassion. True fasting, according to God, involves actions like freeing those who are unjustly oppressed, feeding the hungry, providing shelter to the homeless, and clothing the naked. Promises The chapter promises that if the people engage in this kind of fasting, focused on justice and compassion, they will experience God's blessings. These blessings include light breaking forth like the dawn, quick healing, guidance from God, satisfaction even in difficult times, and restoration. Restoration and joy in obedience— The passage concludes with a promise that if people avoid doing wrong on the Sabbath and honor it as a day dedicated to the Lord, they will find joy in the Lord. This obedience will lead to prosperity and the restoration of their community. True fasting in God's eyes is not just a physical act of piety, but a commitment to righteous living, characterized by compassion, justice, and obedience to God's command. Okay, time for my disclaimers. Remember, fasting does not move God. Fasting moves us. It puts us in a position to receive from God. I'm not a medical professional, and nothing in this podcast should be taken as medical advice. Please, fast responsibly. If you have any underlying health issues or unhealthy relationships with food, do not fast. And if you are going on an extended fast, it's a good idea to check with your doctor first. All right, let's check in. I hope you're journaling daily along with your prayer and Bible study, writing down thoughts, feelings, or breakthroughs that come to you. Don't filter them, just write them all down. How is day four of your fast going? Things you might experience today are good energy, clear mind, weakness if you overexert yourself. You may have some hip or back pain, upper or lower. You may need to take a nap in the afternoon. You may or may not be craving food anymore. And you may or may not be feeling irritable anymore. You will have lost some more weight. These are all normal. 
Remember, stay well hydrated. You might want to try drinking an average of eight ounces of water the first 10 hours you are awake during the day to avoid dehydration. Here's how I'm doing. I'm down another 1.6 pounds. I continue to drink a gallon of water a day and get in 10,000 steps, but no strenuous exercise. My energy is good, but I've started having some upper back and hip pain. I'm also spending lots of time in the Word and in prayer every day. I'm going to put a link in the show notes to a back roller that I found. It's been really helpful to me when I fast to help relieve my upper and lower back pain. All right, let me say a prayer over you. Father God, we come before you seeking the true essence of fasting that pleases your heart. Teach us to fast, not merely in form, but in spirit and in truth. Give us the grace to understand that true fasting goes beyond abstaining from food and drink. It's a surrender of our entire being to your will. May our fast be a time of genuine self-denial, where we lay aside not only our physical cravings, but also our selfish desires and ambitions. Father, help us to develop a spirit of compassion and justice as we fast. Let our abstinence be coupled with a deeper commitment to acts of love, feeding the hungry, sheltering the homeless, and clothing the naked. Help us to break the chains of injustice and to lift the burdens of those who are oppressed. In our fasting, let us not be consumed by strife and conflict, but be peacemakers and carriers of your divine love, bringing reconciliation, healing, and peace in our communities, our homes, and in our hearts. May our sacrifice be acceptable in your sight, and may our prayers ascend to you like incense. We pray for the strength to honor you, not just in our fasting, but in every aspect of our lives. May our actions reflect your love and mercy, and may our lives be a testament to your unfailing grace. In this period of fasting, renew us. Let your light break forth in our lives like the dawn, and your guidance lead us on the path of righteousness. May our fasting be a journey towards a deeper, more meaningful relationship with you. We thank you, Father for the promises of restoration and joy in obedience. As we commit ourselves to this fast, may we find our delight in you and experience the fullness of your blessings. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining me on Meditating the Word today. This is Cherie, reminding you that you are in my prayers. I look forward to seeing you again tomorrow. Until next time, be blessed and be a blessing.